Namaste, my dear friends in the Trigger Proof community on uh, YouTube as a replay, wherever you are, whatever time of day, whatever year this is, right now it's 27th of, of May in the year 2021. You might be listening to this five years down the road. I have no idea. <laughs> Regardless, I want to welcome you. Uh, this conversation that I uh, am having today, the topic today that I wanted to share on this transmission, came from a clubhouse, came from a an interview that I did. Uh, it wasn't really an interview. I have a clubhouse chat with my good friend, Dr. J.C. Dornick, every Wednesday uh, morning. Uh, 10 a.m. Pacific time, 1 p.m. Eastern time, called Truth Bomb. Um, and uh, if you're not on Clubhouse, make sure you join. If you're, you know, I do a couple of, uh, I do a couple of uh, rooms there. Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific time uh, in in Canada or in North America, which is uh, 4 p.m. Uh, Eastern time. I also do a clubhouse chat with Dr. Russell Kennedy on the Manxiety Show. It's called the Manxiety Show. It's not just for men, but it's for men dealing with anxiety issues and mental well-being, relationships, that kind of thing. And yesterday's clubhouse chat was really interesting because we were talking about the dark side of going after success and success and positivity and there's a dark side to chasing success. You know it. I know it. We all know it. It's not a big, um, it's not a big revelation. But this gentleman jumps on. He's a law of attraction teacher. He jumps on and he said, "Yeah, I teach people law of attraction and manifesting." And number one process, number one priority is to feel good. Feeling good is the number one priority, right? And then I stopped him. And it's like Clubhouse is usually supposed to be a positive environment, which basically, which means, you know, you're not going out to try to tear people down. But since this was a subject that I hold very near and dear to my heart, this positive thinking, um, law of attraction, <clears throat> you know, our thoughts create our reality. And if we think positive, we're just going to get positive things. If we think negative then we get negative things. And the whole purpose of life is this pursuit of happiness and success. This is our inalienable right, according to the United States Declaration of Independence, isn't it? Ben Franklin, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It's your inalienable right, is it not? So we are, are encouraged to, to, to pursue success and pursue happiness. And he said, yeah, I help people in this field and I do uh, law of attraction and I coach people and the number one pri process, number one priority is to feel good. I jumped in and I said, with all due respect, sir, um, oftentimes in, from the lens of trauma, when we have had a traumatic event happen and our soul leaves the body, because that's what happens when you're a child that goes through trauma, whether it's sexual trauma, physical abuse, and you're an adult, <clears throat> you're experiencing things that are too much or uh, too much or not enough, too much too soon. 
the sensations in the body are so overwhelming that to protect yourself, you have this amazing system called your nervous system, called your uh, autonomic nervous system, uh, that causes a shutdown freeze response so that you don't actually have these sensations because it feels horrible. And in order, to, because they feel so horrible, I can't keep going through this. So I, in order for me to survive this horrendous experience, I have to leave my body. You know, that's what happened to my father when he uh, lost his uh, mother at the age of 14. I asked my dad, I said, did you really grieve that? Did you have real tears? And he goes, no, I didn't, I didn't have a chance. You know, I just had to step up and be the man of the house and help my dad. And in other words, it was so painful that he left his body. Makes sense, right? This is the, this is the normal uh, adaptive thing that we all have as uh, human beings, part of our nervous systems in biology is part of our biology, our self-protective mechanism so that we can survive, you know, the tiger attack. And if we get caught by the tiger, you know, if I leave my body and dissociate from feeling, from sensation, uh, I can play dead. And then that gives the time, that gives time, you know, if I play dead, then the animal will kind of look around and start relaxing and maybe take a break, which gives me time to wake up and run. You know what I mean? So dissociating from your body, or if I get caught and he's eating me, then I don't have to actually feel the pain. So this is a very um, adaptive, healthy part of our nervous system is the freeze response. And I told him about this when he asked and when he was talking about the whole purpose of this positive, you know, manifesting and positive psychology is to feel good, number one. And I stopped him. I said, what about this? A lot of times our clients that we work with absolutely can't feel themselves. They don't know how to feel their emotions, let alone happiness. You know, a lot of times the complaint that we get when we do discovery calls with people who are really serious about actually healing and breaking cycles of intergenerational trauma, this is, this is if you're new to this community, this is exactly the topic of this conversation. <clears throat> they will say, I don't feel myself. I, do, I feel like an outsider in life. I feel, I, I, I can't feel my body. Uh, I can't feel any joy. I, I haven't smiled, I haven't laughed, I haven't felt happiness. I don't feel anything. I don't feel happy. I actually don't feel anything. I feel like a lost soul. I feel like I'm drifting. I feel like an outsider in my body, right? And this is very common. So then what happens? You go to a law of attraction seminar and have somebody in that situation be told, you need to feel good come on hey Adina hey Lynn just feel good just be happy you have to be happy it says in the law of attraction book it says in this person who's teaching who when you really look at their you know personal life do they have do they have secure healthy relationships this is my number one telltale sign when I'm trying to listen to somebody talk to me about life uh, give me uh, ad advice on life, my number one question is, how are their relationships? Are they able to have secure relationships with other people? If they're not 
able to maintain secure relationships with other people and they're just alone and they just travel and they don't have connection with people because i used to follow you know john demartini uh i i still do uh and he's one of my number one mentors and he's so gung-ho on his mission that relationships it, it takes a second you know kind of backseat and so by following him uh, i became like him i started to become 100 percent about career about my mission and then i woke up three years ago and i looked around and i was like fuck i don't have anybody around me there aren't people who want to be around me <laughs> people don't want to be in my presence without me having to pay them <laughs> like my staff you know coaches whatever whoever i'm working with my the team that i'm working with they're not with me because they want to be with me they're with me because i'm paying them and i had to really wake up to the fact that i was the cause of my reality whereas i like most people in this you know you'll see in the group uh, in this in our facebook group most people i would say 80 to 90 percent want to blame the outside world oh it's men it's because of the pandemic it's because all men this all women that and blame blame and it, it just zero uh real um desire to look inward because it's too painful it's too painful to look inside and to own shit because i'm only supposed to have positive vibes only i'm only supposed to be happy i'm only supposed to and i'm going to exclude everything that doesn't make me feel good and so this becomes the dark side of the personal development industry where we attend seminars to try to feel good and are are basically gaslit from all of the experiences that cause us to be dissociated from our physical bodies and then when we feel can't feel anything because we're just like empty inside you go somewhere and you're told you got to feel good it's the number one priority to manifesting you got to feel good what ends up happening is that creates an invalidation a self-invalidation gaslighting yourself and what happens is you come home and you end up feeling worse just spoke to a very dedicated lady and her husband yesterday she's a chiropractor and an md she's not just a chiropractor just a chiropractor she's also a real doctor <laughs> she's an md and left medical practice and became a chiropractor and he does all these seminars highly intelligent beautiful person but after each of these personal development seminars she comes back feeling worse why aren't they supposed to give positivity and happiness isn't that why you signed up in the first place is it not does that not make sense does it not make sense that ever since you were born you were told what's your purpose in life it's to be happy my purpose is happiness my purpose is happiness my purpose is to be happy if i make a or happy or successful and if i'm successful then that'll make me happy so happiness and success become this aim this chief aim in our lives and the dark side of all of this i mean i'm not i am not uh, uh averse to achieving great things in my life i've achieved great things in my life i've achieved 
you know, I, I have it right now in this moment, I have the deepest sense of fulfillment in my heart that I've ever felt in my entire life. I'm not against fulfillment. I'm not against achieving great things. I'm really proud of the things that I've achieved, right? So what is it that I'm actually saying? What is, what is the, what is the, you know, if this might sound confusing to you, but Nima, I, I thought that, you know, I was supposed to have that ever since I was a child. Be happy, be happy. Smile for the camera. You better not pout. You better not shout. You better not cry. I'm telling you why. You got to be good. You got to be happy. It's been unconsciously dropped in to our reality ever since we were a child. And when reality shows up, which reality has two sides, pleasure and pain, light and dark, there's a light and a shadow. There is comedy and there's tragedy. There's support and there's challenge. There's, there's grief and there's relief. There is elation and then there's depression. There's pride and then there's shame. You have two parts to you. In every moment when you look at that planet right there, half of the planet in each moment is bathed in light and the other half is bathed in darkness. Human beings are one of the only species, and, and it is normal to seek pleasure and avoid pain. Right? This is what we do in our animal instincts. But in our divine selves, if you truly want to expand and grow spiritually into your, our divine nature, which is really our purpose on this planet, really, it's not to be happy. It's to expand in our connection to our divinity and your divinity includes your darkness it includes your shame it includes your guilt it includes your depression and the more you seek happiness and success the more resistance you feel to your current reality causing you to then invalidate your current reality which is a form of self-abandonment which is the cause of intergenerational trauma. Ever since you were a child, when you've had negative emotions like anger or sadness, and your parents observed that, and that brought up their anger and their sadness and their feelings of guilt because, oh my gosh, my child is sad. What they're going to do because they have complete unawareness of themselves, their physical body, their triggers, their intergenerational traumas, what happens is we download that to the child and we say, no, 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 don't cry. Don't cry. Be happy. You should be grateful. Right? And I get it. It's a, it's a very loving thing to teach your children gratitude. Right? It's loving to, to encourage them to, 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 towards something that's fulfilling within them. But I think that there's a missing piece that I really want to kind of awaken you to. Is this resonating with you at all? Or what feelings are coming up is my question. Go ahead and write in the chat box. Um, it's really helpful because I, I like, you know, speaking to groups of people and it's more of a two-way conversation. So talking to a camera and not having any feedback can be a little bit challenging because I like to know if, if, if this is landing for you. Let me know if this is landing. The question is, what do we do? Well, where does it come from? Well, this consistent persistent invalidation of our feelings comes from childhood 
and I, I understand I have an eight-month-old son, and when he, when he starts having a tantrum or a fit and a sadness, I want, I feel myself wanting to fix it because I'm making his emotions mean something about me, that I'm a bad father, right? And so immediately, because of my inability to handle my emotions of being a fucking failure as a, as a dad, I'm going to turn around and I'm going to say, no, 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 stop crying, stop crying, which then invalidates the child. The child then says, okay, so I'm having these emotions and you're reacting to them. It's not safe to have my emotions. My truth must be, must be incorrect. My truth must not be uh, valid. And so what I'm going to do to keep myself safe is to stuff away any negative emotion, is to put it aside, tell everybody, oh, I'm positive, happy, da 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 da, -da. positive vibes only, e look at all of my social media, look at everything happy, 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 because I'm supposed to be happy. And uh, this is big in Persian culture. So in, in, in Persian culture, it's huge, right? It's just only positive, success, happy, and so we then end up, how do we respond? What's the normal, healthy way to respond to this constant invalidation of half of yourself? Well, what you do is you take all of those negative emotions like guilt, like shame, like depression, like sadness, and then you lock it away, pretending like it doesn't exist. Or you don't really have a way of integrating it. You think that going and talking about it, oh, poor me, poor me, poor me, poor me, poor me, poor me, in a, in a group of people, in a support group, which is why I try to tell people this is not a support group about poor me, poor me, poor me. It's tell the story and ask a question about resolution. It's not about validating your poor me victim story without a specific agenda to actually a number one feeling seen and heard is incredibly important and then taking responsibility for driving the bus in the situation getting out of that story in it like integrating that story uh, bringing it within you rather than pushing it away from you in the past and pointing fingers True healing is bringing that story and integrating it. When you integrate it, there's no story anymore. And I'm going to explain what integration means in a little bit. Um, but what happens is we take all of these sad, dark, negative negativity that's a part of us. It's part of who we are. And then we stuff it away in a corner. And we say it's not appropriate. And that becomes what Carl Jung calls your shadow. Right? So then you do this personal development. Oh, law of attraction, positive, 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 positive. And what happens is you have these moments of elation, but then the truth is the fact that you still have a shadow. The shadow's not gone anywhere. And after you've tried to hide from this shadow and gone into the positive thinking and success and positivity, within a few days, once the dopamine of all of that, it's kind of like a cocaine party. <laughs> the high of all of that wears off, you come back and then boom, you have this horrendous crash because the shadow has not left you. In fact, it's gotten even stronger. It actually has expanded on the invalidation, the self-invalidation. And what do we know about 
interpersonal intergenerational trauma it is a persistent self invalidation invalidation and betrayal of the self in service of approval in service of safety in service of getting our emotional needs met even if your parents were together and you didn't get physically harmed doesn't mean you didn't experience trauma as a child that has you leave your soul your soul leaving your body and you feeling this sadness going around everyone going what's the matter why are you so sad you shouldn't be sad just be happy just be happy just 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 keep affirming that you're you're positive and you're happy and everything's going to be great and i'm sorry to tell you that this is not if you're if you're here in this and you're new in this group and you're here to learn uh, how to heal and you think that healing is part of that then you're in the wrong place how can I tell you know I, I share some of my these these findings and and people lose their shit so this positivity feel good guy in the group when I told in the in the clubhouse chat when I told him that um, you know positive thinking law of attraction stuff is often an invalidation for our, our shadow selves which just want to be held and seen and heard and, and give permission to not feel good sometimes he turned around and he said what you just did was invalidate me and then he left the group he left the conversation and i was just sitting there we were all like and then it was like okay so mr positivity uh mr positive thinking this is the other side of it the big the big blind spot of the positive thinking is that how many times have you been like no positive just be positive quit being so negative quit being so negative get negative people out of here we're supposed to be positive. Fuck all the negative people. Fuck you for your negativity. It's like, can you see the irony here? <laughs> Does that mean? <laughs> he, that's what he did. He's like, you're invalidating me. And it's like, boom, he's gone. Well, of course he's gone. If I'm in a situation and I have the fantasy that I'm supposed to feel good all the time, and the whole point of it is feeling good, then when I have a conversation with another human being which disagrees, might disagree with me, I don't feel good. So what am I going to do? I'm going to be like, fuck off. I'm out of here. Boom. Which is why I was like, hmm, I wonder. I, I looked him up on. This is what I do for anybody who is giving relationship advice with people. This is what I do. Uh, uh, people in, in this group, there's 6,500 people to moderate, and I don't want shitty advice giving out there. So whenever I see... Any one of you posting advice about relationships of what you think should or shouldn't happen based on what their story is, I immediately click on and I see your uh, pictures in Facebook. We, you know, I look and see. You can tell somebody's values by looking at their profile photos. And most times, the people who have all the most sage advice for um, for relationships, what that what the person should or shouldn't do literally i'll say 19 times out of 20 that person has no evidence of a real healthy relationship that's my core kind of that's why anybody who's teaching law of attraction uh personal growth personal development a true test of somebody's personal growth and development is how they are in their relationship you know how authentic they are and uh, this is, and he, of course, he didn't have any 
uh, evidence of a relationship, a family, none of that. But he was all about positive thinking and feeling good and teaching people about that. And as soon as I confronted him, boom, he was out. He was out. You're invalidating me. You're being negative. Boom. Fuck off. He didn't say fuck off, but he basically fucked off. And um, basically, that's the the downside, the dark side of the positive thinking movement is that they're not able to be... You're, you, you, when you create this one-sided fantasy, you're not able to be with half of yourself. You're not able to be with half of yourself and love all those parts of yourself. You think you love yourself. Everybody loves the, you know, the light part of our, ourselves. But have you really looked at your shadow and love them? I see some of you here are like, I love myself. I love myself. I'm like, eh. You love the half half of yourself, but you don't love your whole self. How do you love your whole self? Well, this is where we get into the work of Dr. Carl Jung, which is the found a lot of the foundation of a lot of what we teach in our programs, uh, in our in our programs to help people actually take responsibility and heal. Heal, healing requires whole. Healing means wholeness. Healing means to get whole and complete. And to get whole and complete means this half of you that you've been running away from with all your fucking positive thinking bullshit <laughs> needs to be rescued, needs some fucking attention, needs some love. And you've been gaslighting them, going from one personal development coach seminar, whatever guru that's trying to tell you to just be feeling good. And, in the and the work of healing is not about feeling good. It's about getting better at feeling. Feeling shame, feeling sadness, feeling guilt, feeling embarrassment. My ability, instead of going, instead of going positive thinking all the time, this is me and my nervous system, you know, we're here to build capacity and resilience but if I, if I am living in the fantasy of positive vibes only, positive thinking, I'm supposed to feel good. What happens when I get triggered and boom, I close down. And now I have all these emotions which aren't in alignment with this positive vibe, happy-go-lucky. And now I beat myself up further and I go downward in a spiral because now I'm a fucking failure. I can't do that right either. So the positive thinking movement with which all the right intentions there is a time and a place for it but there is a third dimension here that many don't address especially when we are talking about trauma trauma not because of the things happen it's not about what happened around you it's about the felt sense experience happening inside you when something you feel is too much or too fast right and if you grew up and you were told that you're too much or you're not enough, immediately you're going to self-abandon. You're too much. Your emotions are too much. So then you're going to abandon and betray yourself. You're going to stuff away your emotions, but they're there, and you're just going to keep going from one therapist to another doing therapy to try and rem remove half of yourself until you jump into our work and our clients get to experience freedom for the very first time. How would I describe the work that we do? Well, there's two ways that I want to describe the work that we do uh, in this community 
become trigger proof. Um, it, it's essentially becoming trigger proof. It's essentially, instead of trying to eliminate negative emotions, our work is to increase our capacity to feel, fully feel, and allow to move through all emotions, right? And this reminds me of a quote that uh, Carl Jung said, and he said, one does not become enlightened by imagining figures of light, <laughs> but by making the darkness conscious. Let me say that again. One does not become enlightened by imagining figures of light. Love and light, love and light, positive, good vibes only. One does not become enlightened by imagining figures of light, but by making the darkness conscious. What does that mean? Well, it means telling the truth. It means being authentic. I want you to trade the word enlightenment for authenticity. Authenticity is the new enlightenment. I don't have to sit here and pretend to be enlightened for you. Positive, because I'm not. I'm real. I want to be the real me. And sometimes I'm a bit fucking salty, in case you haven't noticed. And I'm so okay with that, because I deal with trauma. And in trauma, we are dealing with people who are heavy in their emotions. And if I am not very guarded with my energy in a world, in a sea of people who are, who are like, it's kind of like, you know, when you're swimming and someone's drowning uh, and then they grab onto you because they want you to rescue them, they're going to bring you down. When we're working with trauma, this is exactly how it is with our clients. So we're very, very picky as to who we let into our container because we want people who are ready to take responsibility, not excuses. The second that the excuses start coming up, it's like, oh my gosh, this person is not ready to swim on their own and they're going to exhaust us. And those people, that's okay. Those are for the support groups, the support workers, hire a social worker, go completely, continually tell your story again and again and again. You might not be ready. You just, you might need someone to just validate you for a while and that's okay. This community is about, all right, here's what, here's how you know. Okay. I've been doing the positive thinking. I've been doing the therapy. I've been doing all of it and it's got me. Okay. I have some awareness. But now I'm sick and tired of my bullshit. I'm actually ready to transform this positive thinking, love and light bullshit. And I actually want to become a real human being who feels safe in their own skin, light or dark skinned. Oh, that's a great analogy. In my light, in my dark, in my shame and in my pride, in my guilt and in my innocence. In my support, in, in, in being supported and, re, and being challenged. If you're unable to handle, if because you're so into positive thinking or you're at the level of trauma, which is really fresh, that you're, you, you're not able to handle critical feedback, critical feedback, that you're so, like, you're so in that space that things are so fresh that you're not ready to have somebody kind of lovingly, kind of like a big brother, uncle, uh, kind of like a, a, a loving, like divine masculine father that's not just going to be supporting, supporting. It's just like, no, presence, understanding, yet giving you some difficult feedback 
that might not feel good. <gasps> if you can't handle that, then go to the positive vibes only support workers, which will help you. It's kind of like getting like another hit of cocaine. You get that support, but then you haven't eliminated the darkness yet. What we do is about transforming our relationship with the darkness, with that, the shadow piece. Not trying to eliminate it, but to integrate it, to bring it in, to bring it home. It's called shadow work. I call it dancing with your dark passenger. This is the thing that, and to do it in a community of people is very powerful. Because imagine a group of people all admitting that they feel like a failure sometimes. <gasps> all admitting that we have self-doubt oh i feel self-doubt oh but i'm supposed to have positive vibes only no you're here to learn how to dance within your self-doubt that's resilience this brings and, and and change your lens from seeking support happiness positivity success whatever completely change it to another aim this reminds me of a quote by Viktor Frankl from the book Man's Search for Meaning. I highly recommend you read it. And this is really what it's all about right here. He says, don't aim at success. The more you aim at it and make it a target, the more you're going to miss it. For success, like happiness, cannot be pursued. It must ensue. And it only does so as the unintended side effect of one's personal dedication to a cause greater than oneself. <gasps> you mean, I gotta take my focus off myself and my own feelings all the fucking time of positivity and feeling good and put some focus and lens on a personal dedication to a cause greater than oneself. <gasps> Mind blown or as the byproduct of one's surrender to a person other than oneself. Happiness must happen, and the same holds for success. You have to let it happen by not caring about it. Wow! I, 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 fall, I, I start weeping sometimes when I read that. I read it often. We aim putting my sights when I realized when the first half of my career, I put all of my sights on happiness and success. And when I was 35, I got it with, by all kind of external definitions. I had a million dollar chiropractic practice, could boast about, I felt pretty good about, yeah. I'd compare myself to my colleagues and be like, that's right, I'm better. Tick that box off. Okay, what else did I have? I had a BMW, tick that box off. Uh, I had a trophy wife, tick that box off. I should be happy now, huh? That was the beginning of my demise. <laughs> and that demise has been continually going until only a few years ago when I started <laughs> crawling it out, when I realized it's really not about my happiness happiness sadness it's really about living my life according to something that's meaningful helping people break the the the, the cycles of this intergenerational trauma that's working out in their family systems right now 
like for example this woman I met who's from a cult uh, kind of like a little Mennonite type of uh, it's called you know there it's like a kind of a little cult uh, there's about 20,000 people in the United States 5,000 in Canada there's a few in Australia but she's in this kind of thing and she's 47 and she has been following my content and after she follows my content she watched a couple videos and when I talk about narcissism and and mental illness and all that and she woke up she thought holy shit I thought I had mental disorders I thought I was told I was in the doctor's office one you know one diagnosis after another I realized I just had trauma because I've been raised in a cult it's it, it, imagine waking up in like at the age of 46 and realizing that you've been in a fishbowl all your life that's what happened it's that in itself is a trauma so now she jumped in and we're working with her and I worked with her yesterday and fuck just having her reconnect with the little four-year-old girl who was just trying to fit in and belonging and fitting in and, and, and is like life or death and individuation of who I am doesn't exist you are part of a tribe that's it, it, not necessarily there was physical abuse in that situation um, there was definitely sexual trauma going on but she just thought that oh it's because you know this is what they do this is what 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 people do in this in this community it's just normal cousins all of that stuff she basically had to sit there and her own individuation was gone there is no self self is basically whatever the community is and that is trauma you know and that's very meaningful to me. I messaged her this morning. I messaged her this morning and I said, You've been listening to the Trigger Proof Podcast designed to teach you the most important skill necessary for a dramatically changing world, which is nervous system regulation. Becoming trigger proof doesn't mean trigger less. It means learning how to regulate ourselves to bring us back to center so that we can then be governed by our purpose rather than from our wounds. Anytime there's reactivity, there's a wound. And if you're curious and inspired to learn more, join us at Breathwork and Badassery or the Overview Experience. And a combination of both actually helps you do the work. There's a difference between listening to a podcast and actually showing up live and doing the work with a badass community who's all about breaking cycles of intergenerational trauma. It didn't start with you, but it can end with you if you're willing to do the work. See you at the next perfect time. How are you doing after yesterday's, this is her first reconnection with her younger self, tried therapies and whatever books and everything and she basically said I'm feeling a completeness in me a circle that is whole inside that massive wound where that massive wound used to be and I now feel a fullness I feel love and I feel I'm part of a team within myself I feel shaky like I don't know how to walk because I'm becoming my own validation imagine that it's gonna make me cry I see the judgments from external externally but they're not being internalized 
they are bouncing off unconditional love to myself and I don't feel unworthy of it. I put the potato chips away because I want to eat more healthily. I in other words, what happens when you love yourself? I feel my circumstances have not changed, but I have inside. My brain is trying to say, you're crazy for all of this, but I know what that is and I'm not listening. We cannot concentrate on work right now. We just want to write about all of this love we feel and how we have missed each other. She's referring to her little four-year-old self who was she abandoned as a child. Now, why did I share that with you? Because to get her there, to put out content, to run my business, to confront all of these people who just are emotional emotionally not looking for a solution they just are 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 completely looking for rescuers outside of them themselves with all these excuses is very emotionally draining on me it doesn't feel good i don't feel good doing this work a lot of the time there's a lot of emotional labor involved in dealing with people's unconscious egos people who are constantly blaming the outside world, playing victim to life, trying to convince me that they are, uh, you know, that they're perfect and everybody else is an asshole. It's really difficult. I'd rather only just work with people ready to take on that responsibility like that. But unfortunately, not everybody's like that. In order to get to people who are truly, genuinely committed, I got to go through a bunch of people that internally dealing with that experience doesn't feel good. It's not happiness producing. But when I see that, my heart actually expands to a, a level of depth that's incredibly meaningful. And it's the reason why it's meaningful is because it takes great responsibility. I take on a great responsibility for doing this. I'm not playing the victim. I chose this. I left chiropractic uh, because I wanted to help break cycles of intergenerational trauma with people who are actually serious about taking responsibility and healing it. But in order to do that, I get a lot of DMs and requests from people who actually say they want to change. But when, we, when push comes to shove, they're too scared. The fears start taking over and I get emotionally invested in the possibility of them transforming like this woman did because I can see the possibility. I know that there's massive obstacles. So why I'm saying this is that this job, as much as glory as I enjoy personally when I am able to help somebody take those steps, it's really fucking difficult. And there's a lot of emotional pain involved causing me to go inside and reconnect and instead of gaslighting my own emotions, being understanding of them so that I can be more resilient to then living a life of meaning which is dedicated to more than just myself, my own happiness. My lens, my life completely changed when I took my lens off of this whole fucking obsession we have with our own personal happiness and just said, you know what, whether I'm happy, I'm sad. I'm feeling up for it or I'm not feeling up for it. I'm really dedicated to, to connecting, to giving my gift because it's meaningful and I know that it's not, 
I'm not going to be supported all the time. I know that I'm going to be misunderstood. I know that uh, I know that uh, people are going to project their wounds on me half the time. You know, at the very at one you know one hour before that session happened, there was another woman that I had been working on with 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 so much trauma, so much trauma uh, that nobody's been able to help her. She's managed to kind of close down her life where it's completely like small it's her and her kids two husbands gone her not speaking to parents now I'm working with her and I gave her some critical feedback because when you're signing up to work with us you're actually signing up to get critical feedback you're signing up to say take a look at this behavior and if you're constantly throwing the feedback back it's like no I'm not no I'm not then the ego takes over and that's blocking healing and so being in order to heal we got to create a, a space of, and that's my responsibility too is to create a space where there's trust trust to expose those shadow parts and and receive feedback so when that feedback came instead of taking it in it was no I'm not this is what's happening you're attacking me she took she took it as an attack and said I don't want to I don't want to I don't want to do this anymore okay this is not a positive vibes only adventure this is an adventure that is here to expand your capability not for positivity but for your shadow to integrate the shameful insignificant unworthy part of yourself now the biggest obstacle to you doing this is you're not going to want to do it because you've been spending so much time invalidating those emotions saying, I don't want to go back there. I'm going to fight to go back to, to not go back there. I'm just going to fight for the positivity thing because you're telling me I got to go back there. What? And that's exactly what I'm saying. In order to heal it, we need to feel it. You got to be willing. So that excludes, I'm aware that that excludes literally maybe 50 to 75% of people, even in this community, right? I'm talking to those that are wanting to break the cycle. I'm talking to those that are ready to look at all of those experiences growing up that have now become in your body this chronic state of gaslighting your own emotions and not giving permission and to learn how to change your relationship with the self. The self that we lost a long time ago because we needed to belong or to fit in. You know, I'm giving a, uh, an extreme example uh, of, you know, being in a cult, kind of uh, growing up in a cult. And I'm not saying you grew up in a cult, but it's a, there's a less, uh, there's a less, um, uh, it's a spectrum. And you grew up in a culture. I mean, the root word of cult, uh, culture is cult. So what was in your culture? In my Persian culture, there are a lot of conditionings that I was raised in. How about you? How about in your religion? What was appropriate and what wasn't? What emotions were appropriate and what weren't? You know, a lot of, we work with a lot of religious people and help them restore their faith in whatever divinity they have. It doesn't matter. We have like five religions in our community, five religions um, represented, including atheism, <laughs> Baha'i faith, Christian conservatives, uh, Muslim, uh, uh, Hasidic Jewish, 
all of them, everybody, everybody's welcome. Baha'i, everybody's welcome. And what we do is we kind of help you um, kind of untangle from the enmeshment of all of these conditionings that have you invalidating your truth, invalidating your emotions, invalidating your grief and your sadness. And if you, we don't learn to integrate this, what happens is we create a bipolar state. The more addiction we have towards this one-sided magnet and seeking happiness and success, the more bipolar we become because we seek the happiness and the high, but then we beat ourselves up when we come down. And literally, I would say, I'm not, and I'm not using this as a medical diagnosis, I'm saying that the majority of our clients that come and see us realize the bipolar nature within themselves. Some of you have been diagnosed with bipolar. We don't treat bipolar, we just show you why your bipolarness completely makes sense. Because you're denying half of your truth. And you keep facing it, and when you see it, boom, you crash. There's a better way. And it involves learning how to become trigger-proof and expanding your capacity for all of your emotions. How do we do it? Well, we do it with a tribe, within a community, so that you can see that you're not alone. And we also have one-to-one -one sessions as well, because quite frankly, even though I'm going to tell you this, tomorrow you're going to forget. This happens. It takes a good three to six months for this to really land in your body. Because right now what I'm telling you will probably make sense here. You're like, oh yeah, Nima, you, you totally make sense. But then 24 or 48 hours later, the programming is still running in your body. So it's not enough for you to actually just watch a YouTube video. You've got to actually show up and do the work. Showing up and what does doing the work mean? It means leaning into shit that you just don't want to lean into and you wouldn't lean into on your own because you're spending fucking 90% of your time trying to run away from uncomfortable emotions. And that, uh, that unfortunately makes us less resilient to the truth of life. The truth of life is fucking challenging. It's scary. Uh, it's anxiety producing. We have COVID going on. We have relationship conflicts. The less, the more positive vibes only I am, the less um, capacity I have for these negative emotions, the more uh, reactive I become, the more childlike I become, the more black and white I become, the more bipolar I become. Look at my son. He's a fucking bipolar narcissist. He's eight months old. Dominic, I know you're going to be watching this 10, 20 years down the road. I mean this with all, all love, you know. <laughs> Emotions will go up and they go down, but... My commitment to you, Dominic, is to let you know that all of your emotions are welcome. All of them are valid. All of them make perfect sense. No, no part. You don't have to get rid of half of yourself in order to love yourself. And the more positive thinking that we seek, we invalidate half of ourselves is the exact opposite of true self-acceptance and self-love. On the other side of this pursuit, you will have freedom. Let me know if this is landing for you. Uh, what was your biggest takeaway? Uh, here's the offer. After every, you know, after every talk that I do, Facebook Live that I do, if you don't actually take action towards it, it'll just be very entertaining and that's fine and that's great. I'm here talking to the ones who are action takers. If you're actually ready to train 
and to learn how to increase the capacity of your, this is my new favorite toy, by the way, to increase the capacity of your nervous system to contain all of you, not just half of you, so that you can truly love yourself, not just say, oh, I love myself, well, only half of myself, uh, then I en encourage you to join us at the Overview Experience this weekend, this weekend right here, it is right in the chat box, right there, boom. Click on that, join us on Sunday from noon to 5 p.m. Pacific, that's 3 to 8 p.m. Um, Eastern, and that's early Monday morning, sorry Aussies, it's worth it to wake up early and attend. We have people showing up from all over the world to learn how to take a trigger and instead of going, I'm leaving because it's positive vibes only, to expand the space between stimulus and response and take that stimulus and we open it up. And in that overview experience, what I'm going to do, I'm so excited for those of you coming in, um, we, will, we will go into the past and explore where these emotions and sensations come from and we teach you how to self-resource, self-soothe, self-regulate through internalized co-regulation and whatever it is that you're resentful for that has been taking up time and space in your mind creating baggage, I show you how to completely transform it within a matter of minutes. We take your trigger, well hours, we take your trigger that happens in a matter of like a split second and we expand it into five hours and I show you how to unpack that and um, this is what I love teaching this is my contribution it's my gift uh, it's not going to be well received by everyone and that's okay because if you're not a positive you're not going to be you're you're giving any critical feedback I'm, I'm open to it just be you know I, re I re just request that you be respectful because I don't have to uh, I don't really have to take it and listen uh, if you're not going to be respectful and I have no problem kicking you the fuck out <laughs> of, of the of this community if you're just going to start being disrespectful right off the bat uh, because you got triggered and you're only into positive vibes only. Isn't it ironic that it's the positive vibes only, the positive thinking people that are the most negating of those who are in a different state in their nervous systems. I'm here to uh, shed light on the fact that if we just start to view the humanity through the lens of the nervous system, we see how alike we are. We see how we're no longer victims of our history, but we can actually become a master of our destiny rather than having these, these unconscious complexes run our lives. Looking forward to, uh, you know, teaching this over the next couple days and those of you that are coming to the overview experience I really can't wait this is uh, I get a little bit nervous I get the butterflies because people literally describe it as 10 years of of therapy <laughs> 10 years of therapy in a matter of five hours and I take that as a huge compliment because one of my biggest criticisms is um, who are you to be teaching this stuff you're not uh, you're not a therapist you're not a licensed psychotherapist and I'm not that's exactly this is the opposite of psychotherapy it's different because if you follow the holistic psychologist she'll tell you traditional psychotherapy is not working it's really about learning how to become a self healer that you're the one to be the the healer you just need a guide you don't need a hero you need a guide to teach you how to become your own hero 
Let me know if this was relevant to you. Um, and not look the same forever. Energy work is needed at its own time for some. Perfect. Da, da, da. Access to healing tears. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Uh, we are so invalidate ourselves. Exactly. All right. Let me know uh, what questions you have. Send me a DM if you're actually ready to completely transform this. And uh, see you at the next perfect time.